Hey everyone, this is Pastor Stephen. I wanted to thank you for checking out our podcast, and we hope that this message encourages you and helps you in your pursuit to live for Christ with everything you have. We hope you enjoy the message. Because we all enter different seasons into our lives, and then this morning we're going to continue on with the conversation of the waiting. It's not something that we... I'm sure long for. It's not something that we all seek to grasp after, but it is something that we all are called to do. Because this morning, if you had been with us last week, the Lord has laid on my heart a a, a scripture that is going to be the foundation for this series of sermons or talks. And it comes out of Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. And it says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still its appointed time, it hastens to the end, and it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. And if it will surely come, and it will not delay. That scripture is one that it just seems like it's a, a pinpoint feature of where we're at. Because we're all waiting for something, whether we realize it or not. We're living in this life, and we don't know all the certainties that will come. But we're waiting for something. It's like in the church today, we are longing and waiting for the trumpet to sound in the hopes that we will not see death, but we will be raptured in the twinkling of an eye. And we get to see our Savior right then and there. And that we will not have to experience the tribulation for those that are unbelieving and all that they will encounter. We're all waiting for, for, for the progression of lost loved ones to come into the faith. We're all waiting for the promises of God that he has spoken into our lives, that he says, write it down, to come into this idea of reality into our lives. And it's often a struggle because one thing I've learned as I've studied the scripture, one thing I've learned in my prayer life and in my time as I pursue after God with everything I have, I've learned that we're designed for different things. We're designed for relationship with God that wasn't so we would never have the garden experience where God walked with Adam and Eve and and talked with them if it wasn't so then then we wouldn't have the ability to know that Jesus would have walked on the earth and actually had relationships with his disciples we were designed for that relationship intentionally by a creator but we were also designed to worship because we are not beings honor or worthy of anything that would give us glory or honor. 
but we are designed to give the glory and honor to the God that created it all, who we worship every single day. And for some reason, there are seasons in our lives that we are designed to wait on the Lord. And for humanity, that's a struggle. It's a struggle because in our society today, even more than it was in the latter days, we have options that make things come more expeditedly into our lives. If you wanted a hamburger, you'll go to McDonald's and you'll pick one up in less than two minutes and you'll be devouring it and you wouldn't know anything different. If you want a pizza, many of us would call and order the, uh, through the phone or order it through the app and know that we can get it in 30 minutes and not have to go through the process of kneading the dough, grinding and shredding the cheese, cutting the salami or the pepperoni you put on it, taking the tomato and mixing it with the different spices that would take days if, for many. But we have the expedition of want that becomes so quickly into our lives. But isn't it also interesting that it's not just food that we hate to wait for, but we also have learned to grow into this thing called the information age, where at the glimmering of a fingertip and a hit of a search button, Things like Bing and Google will arrive me the information that I might have. Sometimes you do have to wade a little bit into the water of the search engine's process. But it comes so quickly into our lives. And I found that in my life as I keep getting older, I hate to wait for things when I need something right then and there. It's because I grew up in a time where if you ordered something on the internet long ago, it would take weeks to get sometimes. If I were to ask you how many of you ordered through a Sears catalog and how long did you have to wait, many of you would say that sometimes up to a month. You would send it off and it would go out and then they would show up magically at your doorstep and the postman might have hated you or might not have hated you for what you ordered. But now we have things like Amazon.com, Walmart.com, where they ship it to you. And often, when we go to order the products that we desire, the majority of us, I'll be honest, before I click buy, I always make sure I click the prime shipping to make sure that it gets to my house either within one day or two days. What I'm trying to get at is, many of us struggle with the idea of waiting because we don't like the delay that comes from it. Many of us struggle with it because we have grown so accustomed to wanting what we want, when we want it, how we want it, and we struggle when we don't get it that way. If I were to ask many of you today, what your prayer lives would be like, it could give you a glimmer into some of that thought processes of how you approach God. If some of you, majority of the world would say that they would approach God when they're in times of trouble. 
When war is waging, they are quick on their knees. When sickness hits, they are on their knees. When situations of financial strain are in their grasps, majority of people would say that they pursue after God because they are hoping that he is a God who hears from heaven and will give them their needs right then and right there. I've even met people that said that they've prayed and prayed that God would give them more food on their table because they're struggling, because they're hungry. And then they get so upset when they still have to eat the can of beans over and over again or the ramen noodle cups that's the only thing in their cupboard that they could really afford. And they get upset at God because he hasn't given them their needs. But one thing I've learned is, is to wait on the Lord is a worthy dueling task that is going to produce great things in the lives of the believers. You see, I kind of want to go back to the Amazon shopping thing a little bit this morning because for some reason that's the thing that God kept hitting me with crazily like over and over again. Because many of us, we like to buy things that we want. Gold necklaces, Nike Jordans, new dresses, and different things. But I can remember a time where my wife asked me to pick out a dress and order it for her. To her dismay. <laughs> in my rush, in my hasteness to it, I found a dress. I thought it looked nice. It got to my door. I looked at the package and I said, this doesn't seem right. Because the package size that was arriving at my door wasn't precisely the size and the dimensions that I would expect a dress to arrive in. I expected a box about that big, that thick, and about that wide to show up at my doorstep because we know that fabric takes space in shipping. What I got was a box about that big, about that thin, and about that wide, and I was like, okay, this is not right. I opened it up, and lo and behold, the dummy myself didn't take into account the description. I opened up the package, and to my dismay, what I found was, was a dress that would probably fit a Raggedy Ann doll and not a human being. Now, if I, you were in my position, you would probably say, that is not what I ordered. Yikes, exactly. Uh, I'm going to send this back. And in my hasteness and my grumpiness, and I got on Amazon and put a negative review, and then I went and looked for another dress. This time I asked which one she wanted because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to end up in the doghouse. But the dress ended up staying in our house, the little doll dress, for time. I say this is a funny story because it brings into account the fact that I ordered this product and I waited with eager anticipation. 
for the thing that I thought I was going to get. And when it showed up at my door, it wasn't what I wanted. Have you ever had situations like that in your life? Have you ever experienced such satisfaction with the order button? But to have the regret when you let it process what you actually are going to receive. A lot of the world would call that buyer's remorse. And that's what I kind of find interesting because we wouldn't think that this kind of a story would happen in the Bible. But it does. Because we think that if God's going to answer what we need, when we need it, and how we need it, and we approach him in our prayer lives, and we say, God, do the impossible. Make it such awesome. Fill my bank account with thousands and thousands of dollars so I'm not swimming in billions of dollars in debt. Or, or better yet, you want to have the thing that everybody else has because you want to keep up with the Joneses, so you approach God. God, give me this. Or just to kind of low-key it down to the younger generation, if you are praying that God will bless you with 10,000 followers on your TikTok or Instagram. You see, what I'm trying to get at is we will approach God and ask for some wonderful things. But what happens when it shows up and it's not what you expect? What is the outcome of your choices? See, in the Scripture... If you get your Bible out, you'll turn to Genesis chapter 9. I will put it up on the screen, the section we're going to read this morning. But this scripture is one of these ones that it's just like an occasion. You're just like, wow, what is going on? And in it, what we find is, is that there's this one boy, his name is Jacob, who went off to go stay with his uncle Laban because what he did before that was he listened to his mama, Rebecca. And she said, go take your brother's birthright from your father, or a blessing from your father, because he's old and he doesn't know. And then when his brother found out, he ran, and he ran for his life. But he shows up on the scene at his uncle's house, and what, he, what does he do? He gets into a place, and he meets this one woman, and all of a sudden, his head starts spinning. And as the text goes, it talks about this a little bit more in depth when it says, And then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Because at that time, he had already worked for his uncle for a month. And his uncle wanted to treat him kindly. So he tells him, Tell me what your wages shall be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older one was Leah. And the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. And Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve for seven years for the younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man. Stay here with me. And then it goes on. So Jacob served for seven years for Rachel. 
and they seemed but a few days because he loved her and he, or because of the love he had had for her. And that was where we need to stop right there. Because what I want to look at is the account of what's going on in the scripture. Jacob went to his Amazon shopping list and he found givemeabride.com At least somebody gets my joke this morning. And he said, I want this one because it looks good. So he says, I don't care the price. Click and buy. But can I tell you, sometimes in our lives, we go through the same situations. We go through seasons and places where we struggle to make sense of what's going to happen because we are so infatuated with what we think we need or what we want. Sometimes we go and approach God in the same fashion. We ask God, God, do this miraculous thing. This is what I need. God, I want a BMW i6. I don't even know if that's a real car, but who knows? I don't care. But the point is, is you're sitting there asking God, God, give me what it is. I don't care the cost. Make it so. And you struggle because God may or may not have answered that prayer. Sometimes God will give you the things that you want and sometimes he doesn't. But the thing that we have to realize is if you end up in a place of a season of waiting is that we must understand that waiting isn't a bad thing. But it's the process of counting what is truly required of each and every one of us. I don't know about you. But I know one thing, Jacob looked at seven years and said, this is not a bad thing. It's worth the price. How does he make seven years work? I don't know. If I would have had to say I'm waiting for seven years to get Melissa, I don't think I would have married her after seven years. Because I'm an impatient person. And yes, I grew up in a church that says patience is a virtue. I didn't learn that lesson until I was in my 30s. But what I'm saying is, is that there are going to be times and places where you get into a season of waiting and you're going to struggle. And sometimes you have to talk to yourself to get you through that season of waiting. I understand the scripture says it was like a few days to him. Maybe it's because he's looking at Rachel going, mm-hmm, she looks so fine. He's going up to Rachel going, Rachel, I love you. How many more days till we get married? Oh, we got six years. Let's get ready. And he goes up to her again, hey, Rachel, hey, we got five years, baby, get ready. So he's counting it down like that, and he's trying to produce this hope in his life as he's working and slaving and working in the fields for his uncle Laban just so he can get Rachel. But the fact is, is that sometimes, even in our idea that the waiting is going to give us the thing we want, we forget that it's meant to be a season of preparation. I waited for years to get into the ministry because that's how God had orchestrated my time frame. But in that season, season, I had to count the cost of what it was going to take, that I was no longer going to be full-time working outside of the church, and I was only going to volunteer. I had to take on the whole aspect of that it was going to cost me that aspect. I had to go into the account where I had to understand that as ministry, I was going to learn to, it was going to take an emotional toll on me because of people issues and struggles. 
There are going to be things in your life with that you might be waiting for God. And he's saying, I want you to take account of what the cost is that you're asking of me. And wait and see what will come through it. You see, church, we as a society think waiting is bad. But I'll be honest. I'd rather wait and see what's going to come and have the anticipation of what it is. I'd rather get the buyer's remorse of what I'm getting into instead of getting a bad product in my life. Let me tell you, as transparent as I try to be, there was a time, and about a couple years ago, I looked at Melissa, I said, honey, they, they just released this new iPad, I gotta have it, this thing's awesome, they say it's gonna do everything I can't do already on my tablet. She said, okay, go ahead and buy it. I said, okay. Clicked buy, waited for it, and then in the shipping time said it was three weeks later. Later. I looked at Melissa. I said, honey, I can't wait for three, years, three weeks. This is unbearable. What is going on? And then I started doing the research and started asking the questions. What is this new tablet going to do that my current one cannot do? It had a better camera. Okay. I guess I could take better pictures with a big giant tablet. I, but then I'm like, I don't use a tablet to take pictures. I use my phone. It's got a faster processor. Is it going to do faster things that I do on my tablet than I don't do? No. I don't do the high intense gaming on my tablet because it's heavy and it's big and it's large and I just would rather just do it on my phone if I'm going to do anything. But what I'm really getting at is, is sometimes we go through a season of waiting to make sure that we have an account. That might have been you in your youth when you were thinking that you were going to marry so-and-so because she was the bee's knees. If you're too young to know, that means she's cute. She was all that in a bag of chips. Oh, if you're too young for that, she was, she was, she was booming. I think, no, that's, a, no, that's wrong. I, I, forget my slang here, guys. If, you, if you're younger than me, you'll figure it out that I have daughters and I still haven't learned how to communicate with them half the time. But what I'm getting at is, is, is there's been seasons in your life where you had the opportunity to get something you thought you wanted. But then the season of waiting made you take into account what was going to be required of you. Because sometimes the blessing of not getting the answered prayer right when you think you needed it and you wanted it was the answer that you needed right then and there because the account would have left you drained. To say it another way, you might have wanted the BMW, but you didn't want to have the car payments to go along with it, or the insurance premiums to go with it, or the, the maintenance to go with the engine, and all of those things. You might like the image, and it might look great, but the cost is far more heavy on the back end. And how is it that we have to wait for so long and we get so uncomfortable? But it's so true that we need to realize that in our waiting, we will see things more clearly within what we ever thought it was. You think that it's right up on top of you and you're like, oh, this is right, this is good, this is perfect. But when you really go back and review and you see it for what it is, you see that the cost was never there. You see that the waiting process was even better. You see, Jacob, his eyes were really on Rachel. And they were because she was beautiful. Because she had the body and the face that he wanted. 
And he would look from a distance and see her, and he didn't mind all that he had to go through because all he kept seeing was her beauty and the radiance of it. But I don't think he took into account for her attitude half the time. If you get further in the story, you kind of get an experience of what she kind of goes through. He didn't take into account the, the, the things that were going to have to go through it. He didn't take into account the details that he had, but all he kept focusing on was, man, Rachel, four more years. You're mine, babe. You see, what I'm trying to get at is he was looking at the wrong ideas instead of looking at the image with the clear provisions that was going to go on. He was looking at it because it's what he wanted. He didn't realize that Rachel was going to be barren. He didn't realize that he was not going to have the lineage that was going to go through it. He didn't realize that in the season of waiting, God was trying to give him an understanding that there was more to the picture that he was not seeing. How many times of us can we say that we regret the decisions we make and prayed for? You should have your hands up, every single one of you, because I guarantee you, there are things in my life that I am not happy I prayed for. (laughs) He can have his regrets, 14 years old, absolutely. But the truth is, is when we don't see the clear image, we don't fully understand with what God is trying to give us. We don't understand that Psalms 37 and 4 where it says, delight in the Lord, for he will give you the desires of your heart. That, that, that we, we think that it's going to give us the magical power and the magic genie of the want that we want. See, we, we, we look at that scripture and say, oh, he'll give me the desires of my heart. But it don't, we don't put the focus on delight in the Lord. And to realize to delight in the Lord is to have the relationship with the Lord, to listen and to to ask him to show us what he's trying to get us to do. There are some of us in this place right here, right now, some of us that are online watching this at some point or listening to us through that podcast app that are going to hear this sermon and I want them to think about what they're doing and have them ask the question, what is the outcome of my choices? Because if we delight with the Lord, we want to honor God with everything we have and everything we do. And we should pursue after him wholeheartedly without a veil. Because we want to see what God sees. God's ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are greater and higher than ours. If we could produce our relationship with him, he gives us glimpses of those. You don't believe me? Look at the Bible. He gave people prophetic visions to give them an understanding of what was going to happen. He gave us the scripture of Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 2 through 3 before, like 60 some years before the outcome actually happened when he was telling them, hey, get ready, write the vision, make it clear, make it plain so people can hold on to it. Sometimes we have to go through seasons of waiting because God is trying to produce We go through seasons of waiting because God is trying to produce something in our lives to allow us to go back and to revisit that his promises are yes and amen, but they're not always what we expect. But pastor, you mean I can't expect God to give me? No, I didn't say you can't expect. You can expect God to do some miraculous things, but there's a key point that says thy will be done, not mine. 
Thy will be done, not mine. See, Rachel, she was purdy. Jacob worked seven years for her. And that seven-year mark hit, he was all excited and anticipating what was going to happen. The lights were dark. The door was shut. He was ready for the thing that he envisioned all of his life to occur. He was thinking, God, God, thank you for getting me through seven years. God, thank you for giving me the blessing. God, thank you for Rachel. Oh, this is going to be good. God, thank you for the beautiful kids she's going to produce because she's so pretty. God, thank you. But can I tell you, sometimes the thing we pray for is not what we get. Because what happened was that night, he's all excited. He gets going and, and, and he has his honeymoon night. Not realizing anything's amiss, nothing's wrong. And then the next morning, the moonlight comes on. And he's looking at weak eyes. You see, I joke around because the title of the sermon, I almost put it was, He Got Weak Eyes. But the title of this sermon that I write out that I don't normally tell you guys is, it's the thing that we did not expect. I think He Got Weak Eyes is better, right? You see, he woke up the next morning after he had already had all of his fun in the dark and not realizing what he was going to have. And he woke up, and it wasn't what he expected. He got Leah instead of Rebecca, or Rachel. What? His uncle Laban had already knew the description of what was going to happen. He had been writing the contract. He says, you work for seven years, but you have to work seven years because it's not good that I give the younger away before I give the first away. So, so you work seven years, and I know you might have thought you were getting this, but what you're really going to get is this, and you're just up a creek. Can I be honest with you? If I was in Jacob's situation, I would have been going, Amazon, customer review. Laban is a thief, a crook, and it's not worth anything good. But I think it's interesting that things kind of work out the way they do because it wasn't the unexpected that it was going to occur. Because in the waiting and not reading the description in his eyes, he got the rudest awakening, but he got the sweetest of blessings. You see, what I'm really trying to get at this morning is that there are things that we have been waiting for for happening. We waited for Sister Belinda's miraculous healing. We didn't get what we wanted. She got what she needed. There are things in this life that we might want to pray for. But we got what we needed. You see, what I'm trying to get at is, is Jacob wanted the beauty the image, the perfect thing. He was oblivious to the clear idea of what God was trying to speak to him. And it's like that in our lives. Too often we get so oblivious to what God is trying to awaken us up to by saying, hey, you might want that promotion at work, but it's not good for you. You might have wanted that person to be your husband or your wife, but they weren't good for you. So I'm going to give you this person over here instead. Yeah. 
You might have wanted to have the thousands and thousands of dollars in your checking account, but if you would have had that, you would have heard, felt the heartache from the other aspect. See, what I'm trying to get at is, is when we start going into seasons of waiting, we have to realize that God is trying to answer the prayers accordingly to how he knows you need them. How I need them. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Because as humans, we desire the things that look great, not the things that look eh. Because what I'll be honest with you, there's this TikTok video that I have seen, and it talks about how this woman says, this is how I think I wake up and my husband sees me. She's all pretty and gussied up and all this stuff. But in all reality, it's this like hairless chihuahua that's like snarling at him. I wish I would have thought to put the picture up this morning because you would have got a laugh out of it. But Jacob woke up to that. Jacob woke up to a nightmare in his ideas. How many times do we wake up to nightmares in our own ideas, not understanding that God is doing something different than we might have expected? We've waited for so long, God. We've waited for the miraculous. We've waited for, the, for you to answer our prayers according to how we, 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 we put the intense things in our journals that said, I want this, 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 and this. And, and God, if you don't do this, then that's not real. And we're going to put God on a scale according to if he answers the questions and the prayer life that we have according to the way we set forth. Instead of actually realizing that what's at the door is the thing that we need the most. You see, what I'm talking about is, is Rachel was barren. She couldn't have kids. He tried. She got so upset, so, so she was getting all angry. But Leah was fertile myrtle. She would just keep having kids and, and, and blessing Jacob and, and giving him the lineage that he had. And then when everything was going on, it was God just writing the story of beauty for Jacob, can I just be honest? God is writing a beautiful story for each and every one of you this morning. I don't know why you go through heartaches. I don't know why you go through hurt. I don't know why you go through long seasons of waiting. But I do know that there's something at the door for you. Something at the door for each and every one of us. The scripture says that, that Jesus himself is saying in the, the revelations that he says, I'm at the door and I'm knocking. Will you let me in? I'm at the door. Will you let me in? But most of us, because we didn't get what we wanted, have become so bitter that we refuse to open the door. If you'll stand with me this morning. Most of us have the choices. Am I going to let the thing that I don't get that I've prayed for become the discouragement to where I would rather self-isolate from the one that can give you the glory? to show you the blessings, to show you the grace and the mercy that you need, to show you the love story that's going on. See, Jesus was knocking. It's a horrible knock. 
But Jesus is knocking. Hey, you might have wanted this, but I'm here for you instead. You see, what I'm trying to get at this morning is that we have to get to a place where we're okay with the waiting, with the anticipation that the door is knocking for you right here, right now. I truly believe that there is no accidents that each and every one of us are right here for this very moment to know that the door is knocking. And if you've never opened it for Jesus, it's time. It's time to trust him with everything you have. It's time to say, God, if you are real, I'm going to give you it all and I'm going to trust you with my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, is that you this morning? Have you not opened the door for Christ to let him come in and to show you the love story he's trying to write? And if that's you this morning and you want to, open the door. Will you please raise your hand this morning? Is there anybody in the house of the Lord this morning that wants to? If that's you online this morning, please let us know. I don't know why I feel so impressed to say this. Honestly, I was going to put this on for next week. I'm going to say that, have you guys say this prayer because I don't know if those that are online are having this. But let us say a prayer. This prayer means absolutely nothing if it's not your true intention to let God come in and help write your story. To change up the plans and give you the things you want or the things you need instead of the things you want. But let's say it with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Open the door, Lord, and have full access. Because I believe that you died on the cross and you rose from the dead to purchase my salvation and to show me the greatest story of all. So have your way, Lord, as you're the Lord of my life and I'll live it the rest of the days for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know who that's for, but I'm just gonna go and give them a round of applause. I know it seems so awkward, you guys don't realize sometimes, but we're planting seeds in this church. But this morning, I want you to keep going home and asking the questions. Am I okay if God gives me the thing I don't expect? Will I trust him even greater if it doesn't show up the way I need it to? Because can I be honest with you? I didn't realize that, that that dress that I had ordered from Melissa would end up being one of my daughter's favorite doll clothes that she loves every single day this moment. See, God is writing our story with the impact of trying to show us his goodness. But we have to trust him in the waiting. So let's do so. I hope and see you again next week. I'm going to be waiting eagerly and anticipating as long as the Lord keeps tearing in that I will see you all smiling and ready to go. But let us go and love our neighbor as ourselves. Let us go love the Lord God with all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. And let us just go and be a light. But before we do that, let us pray this morning. Father God, I thank you for your story. I thank you for the imperfections that seems like they're written into the scriptures, Lord, to give us the edifications that we need to be the reminding points that sometimes life is imperfect. That sometimes the prayers don't always go accordingly. But God, we can trust you with the outcome. We can trust you with the provision. We can trust you with the answers. We can trust you with it all. 
So Lord, I ask you just keep moving upon our lives. Lord, let us perceive and chase after you with everything we have till we see each other again. And reinforce and re-strengthen us, Lord. And let us love one another like you are supposed to, Lord, so that we can become one body united together in Christ Jesus. Be with us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Keep us safe this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Go, church. I love you all. I hope to see you guys soon.